Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you to search the Scriptures again with us as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. We're asking some of the most fundamental questions that can be asked about the Bible. We're wanting to find out what the Christian Gospel actually is. What did Jesus challenge his audiences to believe as the gospel or good news? What did he mean by the phrase so often found on his lips, the kingdom of God? When did you last hear a preacher or evangelist invite you to repent and believe in the gospel about the kingdom of God, as Jesus invited his audiences to do as he opened his ministry in Galilee in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15? Why is it that Jesus said that the whole reason for his mission was to proclaim the gospel about the kingdom of God? Indeed, that was the reason for which God had sent him. This is what he clearly said in Luke chapter 4, verse 43. And then we've been noting that in Acts chapter 8 and verse 12, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, the content of the gospel message has not changed. In that text, Acts 8, verse 12, we read that it was when people believed Philip as he preached the gospel about the kingdom of God to them and also the things concerning the name of Jesus Christ, his death for our sins and his resurrection, it was only then that people were ready to be baptized. You see from that text that people were not just vaguely asked to accept Jesus in their hearts or to invite the Lord into their hearts they were asked to subscribe to a quite specific message, namely the gospel about the kingdom of God, and that makes perfect sense because that was indeed the gospel which Jesus himself had preached before his death. And that same gospel of the, of the kingdom continued to be the saving message in the ministry of the apostles after the death and resurrection of Jesus. We've been looking at the famous parable of the sower, or rather the soils, which tells us how different people receive the message of Jesus. People have different capacities for accepting Jesus' gospel about the kingdom. There are some who, when they hear the message, receive it joyfully. They're most excited about becoming Christians, but they last only for a while. There are others who proceed further with the Christian life, but eventually the pressure of riches and worries and the pleasures of this life choke the word and they bring no fruit to maturity. And then we saw in Luke chapter 8 and verse 12, in Luke's account of this famous parable of the sower or the soils, that those who are sown beside the road, that's to say those who hear the message initially, when they have heard, are unable to grasp it and understand it. And the reason for this is, as Jesus said, that the devil comes and snatches away the word of the kingdom which is sown in their heart, so that they may not believe it and be saved. It is obvious from this statement that Jesus made an intelligent reception of his own kingdom of God message or gospel the absolute criterion of success for Christians. Let's not miss the point of what Jesus is saying here. He obviously believed that being saved depended on a successful and attentive hearing and reception of Jesus' own gospel message 
what he called the Word of God and what Matthew records as the Word of the Kingdom, Matthew 13:19. You see, this takes the lid off Satan's whole operation. He knows that its exposure to Jesus' message, Jesus' own gospel message, which is going to connect a person to God and to salvation. So the devil directs his own efforts to preventing the spread of that message of the kingdom. So before the person has really gotten hold of the message and understood it, the devil is right there trying to remove it from the person's heart. Jesus here is a marvelous intelligence agent. He exposes to view what the dark powers, Satan and his demons, are up to. They are waging an unceasing campaign against Jesus' gospel message about the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus' campaign is for human beings to fulfill their potential and to become immortal. Satan hates that idea, so he conducts a relentless campaign in opposition to Jesus' own preaching of the gospel message of the kingdom. Obviously, then, if we in any way oppose the teaching of Jesus and its importance, we side with the devil, whose one object is to suppress and to hide and to befuddle and scramble the information contained in the precious words and teachings of Jesus himself. Now, when people fail to grasp the message of the kingdom, because the devil snatches it away from their heart almost the moment they've heard it, does this mean that such people are excused because they could not prevent what the devil was doing? Absolutely not. We human beings are responsible for paying attention to what God says to us through Jesus. You remember how often Jesus says, Let him who has ears to hear, hear, pay attention, open your eyes, open your spiritual ears to grasp what I'm saying. That is constantly on the lips of Jesus. Notice it in Luke chapter 8 and verse 8. Just before Jesus introduced his celebrated parable of the sower, or his illustration about the different types of soils, he customarily raised his voice. He would cry out, Luke says in Luke 8, 8. Jesus therefore gave the greatest emphasis to this matter of paying attention to his own words, and particularly here, in relation to the parable of the soils. Jesus added the greatest possible emphasis to his words here. Luke only tells us once that Jesus raised his voice, and it was in this context of the parable of the sower. Jesus obviously saw his teaching here as supremely significant, so he used to cry out, Luke says, and say, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is Jesus' way of crying out to us to pay attention at all costs. He then went on to define his true disciples. He said that they were the ones who had been given the privilege of understanding the secrets of God's plan, the secrets or mysteries of the kingdom of God, God's purposes for establishing peace and harmony on the earth, and how God is now calling men and women of all nations to get into training in preparation for the coming of the great kingdom of God in the future. But these secrets, Jesus said, were revealed to the in-group, those who really paid attention to Jesus' teaching. But to the rest, the kingdom of God remained a kind of enigma. They never really grasped it 
because they weren't fully devoted to Jesus and his teaching. There were barriers preventing them from understanding Jesus' gospel. Isaiah had spoken of this 800 years earlier. So Jesus quotes from Isaiah 6 here in Luke chapter 8. People, said Isaiah, and Jesus agreed with him, see and yet they don't see. They hear and yet they don't understand. Why is that? Well, simply this. There are desires and prejudices and hang-ups and miseducation built into the human heart which prevent it from giving up everything for Jesus and getting our, un- our eyes opened to the meaning of the teaching of Jesus' gospel. Our understanding is often blocked when we're not ready to give up everything for Jesus. You remember that Jesus said that one has to be willing to give up everything to be a disciple of his. You read that in Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus actually said that we must love him more than even our own families. So what if our own circle of friends and family opposed us for following the teaching of Jesus? Would we choose our families over the claims of Jesus? Obviously, Jesus is a very tough teacher at this point. He's certainly not just a benign Galilean peasant telling everyone that all is well. All is in fact not well until we've surrendered our own agendas and understandings and committed ourselves to Jesus and his gospel of the kingdom as presented to us in the documents of the New Testament. In view of the vagueness in many people's minds about what the kingdom of God is, I am bound to think that we have a long way to go to bring our thinking into line with Jesus on this central matter of the gospel, the gospel about the kingdom. The parable of the sower or of the soils is just what we need to bring us back on target. We really need to get serious about the gospel as Jesus preached it. As it is, we often seem to be rushing to isolated verses from the letters of Paul without first consulting the master teacher, Jesus. Do you remember that Jesus said that we would do well if we call him teacher and Lord? John 13, verse 13. But you don't hear much about accepting Jesus as your teacher these days. Why do we cut the Bible in half at this point and talk so often about Jesus as Savior and almost never of him as our teacher? Once we mention the word teacher in connection with Jesus, we are immediately committed to accepting him as our rabbi. You see, Jesus was a Jewish teacher He was not a 20th century American. Now, I don't mean that Jesus' teachings were for first century Jews only. Absolutely not. His words are for all Christians for all time until he returns to set up the kingdom of God on the earth. But nevertheless, God chose to reveal himself in a first century Jewish rabbi, Jesus of Nazareth. The book of Hebrews says, that at the end of the Old Testament period, God spoke to us in his Son. Jesus, in other words, is God's last word to the world. But are we really listening to Jesus' word? It's amazing that if you ask an average churchgoer what Jesus taught, you probably will not get the answer that is most obvious from the accounts of his ministry. And the obvious answer is, 
that Jesus was a teacher and preacher of the gospel about the kingdom of God. That was clearly the heart of his whole mission. And the New Testament says just that over and over again. It always sums up his ministry by saying that Jesus was a kingdom of God preacher. See, for example, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, Luke 4:43, and many other passages. I sometimes get the impression by listening to preachers that they think that the gospel did not begin until after the death of Jesus Christ. Now, that is not true to the New Testament documents. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John speak of the preaching of Jesus, his preaching of the gospel of the kingdom, as the source of salvation. Luke 8.12 is a classic example of that teaching. Luke 8.12 says that when anyone hears the message, that's to say the message of the kingdom of God as Jesus preached it, the devil is ready to snatch away that message of the kingdom so that a person may not believe it and be saved. Now, note there is a very clear statement about the condition of salvation. It depends on, upon an intelligent reception of Jesus' message of the kingdom. Now, this was long before Jesus died and rose again. Now, it's of course true that the gospel does now include the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ but these facts were added to the gospel after Jesus died and rose again. We invite you to reflect on these amazing facts about the gospel as it appears to us in the Bible. Join us again as we continue to probe the most vital questions about life and immortality as Jesus offers it to us in his good news about the kingdom of God.